G'day everyone, welcome again to the Legends of League podcast. Anthony Maroon is my name, great to be with you and thank you so much for your support so far. Legends of League podcast comes on the back of our Legends of League tournament which we've done in Newcastle and the Central Coast over the years and so much great support we've uh, had around the tournament. We thought we can't do the tournament this year, let's do the podcast. Where else would we do it but the Four Pines Brew Pub in Manly, the home of this beautiful little drop everybody. This is simply called Freshy because it's fresh. Have a crack at it. It's something a little bit different. Uh, two absolute legends of league coming on today. Uh, my old mate Nathan Brown and, of course, Anthony Mundine as well. These guys, of course, played together through the Dragons in the 90s, but they know each other terribly well. They're still great mates. So we're going to chat to them. Part two, episode seven of the Legend of League podcast coming right up. Stay there. Hello and welcome to the Legends of League podcast. Thank you so much for your support of the podcast so far. It's been incredible. Of course, you know we do the podcast because we do the Legends of League tournament, which has been so successful over the last few years in Newcastle on the Central Coast. But we can't do it this year, obviously, for COVID, but it will be back in the meantime, the Legends of League podcast. My name's Anthony Maroon and joining me today, I promise you they'd be back for another week. The great Anthony Chockmundine. Hello, old mate. G'day, Ant. What's going on, mate? Not too much, mate. Good to see you. I'm just thinking you're 45 years old now. You're still looking oh, so look at, fit. Look at me, brah. Look at me. Yeah. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Brown get there Get me too. out of here. Can you get this done so I get out of here, Maroon? <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I want to take the chat today with these two blokes who obviously know each other from their time at the Dragons in the 1990s. So I'm going to rip straight into that because there's a lot of great yarns in and around that. So if my if my memory and my research serves me correctly, you both arrived at the Dragons in 1993. Now, be that correct or not, I know that you were in the 93 Grand Final squad, Brownie, but you weren't in that squad, Chuck. No, I was in the squad. Oh, you were in the squad? I was on the bench. Okay, and you were on the bench too, Brownie. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the second year in a row that you guys had played the Broncos in the grand final and the result was pretty much the same second time around. Oh, I wouldn't say it was pretty much the same. The second time around was 14-6 and close all the way. The first year around was Brisbane and sort of got away with it pretty quickly early, mm. in, early in the second half, you know, but they were a terrific team, that Brisbane side, compared to what we were sort of – I mean, yeah. I, I can happily sit here and say that I think – if you were the coach of the Dragons, you're disappointed to lose to the Broncos, but that was one hell of a football team. Chuck? Yeah, was, I mean, it's crazy. Just I was just happy to have a, you know, courtside view. You know yeah. What I, mean? I was just pinching myself being there, you know, in that whole series. Um, I remember playing, they played uh, Canberra, I think, the game before before the final, the grand final, and... Um, <clears throat> um, one of the centers got hurt, and they said uh, Mundine and Turp warm up. You know, so we, we was, I was like crapping myself because you know I was together there, Mark uh, Mal 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 Meninga. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was a eighteen-year-old kid. Then lucky Turpy got the nod, so I was just I was just freaking out. But, uh, <laughs> but the games in the in the finals against Brent's Brisbane, um, yeah, I just think their class across the park sort of. Be, be the Dragons. Mm. So if I can just sort of skip over 94 
95 and go into 96 because in 96 we're right in the sort of middle of that Super League um, fiasco and the 96 Dragon side makes the grand final but the word is before when that season started there wasn't enough players at the first training session to make up a team. Can you guys confirm that that was true or there wasn't enough players to sort of have a complete squad? No, I think the first day at training, according to Jeff Hardy and Corning, that there was only like a handful of players, you yeah. know. And then obviously, you know, Wadey come in and then all the sort of mediation sort of happened with, I suppose, Super League and RL and we all sort of slowly potted back then we had sort of different things going on and different competitions and all sorts of stuff but that um the super league war it affected the dragons more than any club because most clubs went as a more as a group you know like if you know the knights sort of most of them stayed together and a few went to super league at cronulla pretty much the whole team went at manly most of the whole team stayed Mm. ARL apart from Matt Ridge or one or two so but at, at the Dragons like we sort of in the end we played the 96 grand final and then Jason Stevens went to um, Sharkies, Sharkies mm. Chock and Gordy sat the year out but Chock and Gordy both went to Brisbane Noel Goldthorpe went somewhere else mm. Dave Vale and Scotty Gillow went to the Roosters so we're all the sort of team that it really affected most and we had mm. the you know we played 92 93 grand final 95 we got beat by Canterbury 11 in what was a could have went either way. Canterbury won that comp mm. in 96 and, you know, Brian Smith and Maxie Ninnis had put some stuff in place at Dragons, which was going to make us a strong club throughout the whole 2000. But Super League got everyone a lot more money but certainly took our, tore our club apart. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. just before the, the Super League um, thing went down, a little bit, uh, during the Super League um, tug of war pretty much, me and Brownie went to um, Hamilton Island Remember that? Yeah, who did that? Yeah. And to Hamilton Island and it's me and him and just for for a week and to kick back thinking about what we're gonna do. Yeah, know, right. With our, yeah. with our lives and with our career at the time. Um and then silly me, I, I signed with the, the the ARL and then I signed the Super League contract as well. But I only took the Super League money. So, yeah. so <laughs> that's why I, I went to Super League and I went to court all mm. year. But obviously after the, the ninety seven season that all come back together mm. and it, I, I was forced Back to the ARL, but which is one competition anyway. It's yeah. funny, isn't it, boys, how we talk now about our oh, players don't bloody ever see out contracts. But, you know, in that Super League ARL war, so many players had signed with both. And I think, that, Brownie, well, you were supposed to go to the well, Sharks. I, I only signed with the ARL. I never actually signed with Super League, but I was going to try and go there for a period of time. And it was a real different time because we were all kids, basically, at the end of the day. And you're getting told so many different stories. And None of us really knew, really, really, at the end of the day, what to believe. Like, if you believed they are ARL, this was going to happen. If you believe Super League, you're going to be playing in front of 50,000 people in China, you know? Yeah. Like, there was all sorts of things that – that's the reality of it. There was all sorts of stories getting spun to get people to go to whichever party, you know? And that's why I said, at the end of the day, most, most groups went as a whole club where our club basically divided – not divided, but just players went and mm. everyone did their best for themselves. It's funny though, I mean, this day and age where we talk about preparation and, uh, you know, off-season training and when team should teams have a break, should they train through, how much of a break should they have? And this 1996 Dragon side, when you turn up for your first training session, there's a handful and you're one game away from winning the Premiership, Chock. 
Yeah, it was a crazy year, man. Crazy times. That's sort of that's sort of the year that a lot of us young boys sort of blossomed. You know what I mean? Sort of, um, especially Brown within the, in the key positions with Brownie at hooker. I was in halves, and um, you know, Gordy sat out the season. And for, yeah. I think we, if we had him, it would have been another massive. Um, yeah, and Jay Stevens did his crucial and Jay game Stevens, before the yeah. game before the grand final. Yeah, he was one of the young yeah. guns as well. And he broke his thumb in the first tackle of the. 93 grand final So yeah. he was the number one front row so That had yeah. a big impact In the 93 yeah. game as well Because he was He was the Dragons Even though he's 19 He was the 20 years old He's the yeah, number he was, one Big man big for boy. the club Yeah he's a big big man Obviously skillful And, and tough You know what I mean So But um, It was a crazy year Crazy times And that's That's when I think the teams Really started to, When we made the finals We snuck into the finals But then we won the first game Against Canberra um, With that mousetrap With our move Dumaji, yeah, Dumaji, 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 and then, you know, with you know playing Canberra, that was against like for me that was against like the best team, you know, yeah. daily and the footy, team full of international like Lone Max, Pongia, all these guys, Kenny Nagus, he was yeah, a beast Kenny too. Was there yeah. Then, yeah. Um, you know what that and just one more thing on that '96 side. So you make the eight, but the eight is is Manly, uh, Broncos, North Roosters, Cronulla, Canberra, Dragons, West. So you just you just, just snuck, snuck in, in the eight. You just snuck in, yeah. Amazing. Boys, then – so then after that, uh, that's the only year we have Super League and ARL. We have two comps, Super League, ARL, and you find yourself, Chock, playing for the Brisbane Broncos. What was that like? Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty crazy, man, pretty surreal. Obviously, I was with all the, the legends of, of the legends of the league. I was looking at that ball. Um, all the <laughs> legends, you know, uh, Alfie Langer, Kevin Waters, Steve Renoff. I, I partnered uh, Stevie in the, in the, in the centres. Um, at the time when I went up there, um, it was just just crazy, um, crazy times. Like it, it was fun, and, and and Brisbane really treated me treated me well. And um, you know, obviously Wayne had a connection with Wayne, and he um, you know just appreciated the way he coached and was with his players. Mm. And but the thing is, mate, th- then you only sort of had that year there, and you and you came home, and you know you. You loved your time with all those famous names, but you just didn't feel at home. Was that the problem? Yeah, uh, not just that I didn't feel at home, but I just felt like, you know, we had all these stars and, you know, basically we won everything and we was meant to win everything. I wanted to be like, I wanted to be like the man, you know, yeah, where yeah. I sort of helped the team, um, you know, uplift the team, you know what I mean? Mm. And, you know, through, through, through my sheer confidence. And, and, and ability and um, I felt like you know I just wanted to obviously at the time you know I was a young kid what 22 22 years old and I just you know wanted you know wanted to, but I wanted to get paid at the same time yeah. you know what I mean and because um, they you know they like paying us buck fellas they 
take a few dollars out of our, our pockets. So I wanted to get paid. You always play bloke of the dragons. <laughs> I, wanted to get, I wanted to get paid. That's why I said, that's why I said show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. I'll, I'll come anywhere. Yeah, they certainly weren't racist to the dragons. I know you were getting paid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they were racist me. to the white fellas. <laughs> they showed me the money. Uh, and then, um, you know, I'll come back to the dragons and, uh, you know, I enjoyed my time there, man. And just like, having built big lifetime friendships and lifetime bonds with with, with brothers like Brownie mm. and and other brothers like Gordy and stuff. So and 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 you were back there by '98. But the thing is, is that Super League war unfolded and all this talk that we need to have less clubs as we come together. And the stat, the chat starts talking about uh, start begins about the Dragons merging. For a little bit, they were saying the Roosters. If, I don't know if you remember that, but obviously the big talk was that the Dragons would merge with the Steelers, which happened in the end. So this is a coming together here. Of, by 1999, you've got to, with a merger, you've got to have two, bring two squads into one. So you guys both make history because you played in that 99 St. George Illawarra side uh, where you would have had to say goodbye to a lot of your teammates and all of a sudden you'd had 50% newer teammates what was that first year like it was really the first meet i still remember the first meeting it was bizarre because you had all the boys from the steelers who are real still pretty real country aren't they real mm. country based yeah. blokes yeah and and then you got together with uh, our end and it was bizarre because we had some characters that were way different like we got chock who yeah. talks up the storm <laughs> like you know what i mean like chock was his personality which we all knew but mm. they'd never played with chock and we had some other personalities there, like real city type people. So it was a real blend of yeah. different personalities. Yeah, and it took us all a took us all a while to find the right balance. I reckon over mm. a period of time, it didn't happen straight away, but it happened over time. Yeah. Well, what about you, Chuck? Because I mean, what Brownie's saying, like there, there you are. You've grown up in and around the inner city. Your old man had the gym at, at in in Everly Street or in in Redfern there. And then you got a bloke like Trent, who you got to play right alongside, who's born and bred in Tamora. He's had a couple of years in Wollongong, and here we go. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a story about that. Um, <clears throat> they, we, we have we had, went to um, I think it was Orange, went for a preseason um, a preseason uh, camp camp yeah. camp. Yeah, pre- but even before that, that was the talk was about um, you know obviously. Baz, Baz played five eight at the time. I played five eight at the time. I wanted to be five eight. He wanted to be five eight. Um, and they were talking, you know, that the talk was that the, we we're gonna um, have. I'd have six one week. He'd have six the next week. So alternate every week, change your jerseys from seven to six, seven to six, seven to six. I was like, you know, freak that. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, that's disrespect to me. You know, what I mean, I said, well, I was like, well, I'm not gonna. If you want to put him six, then put him six. Like, I'll go to his Reggie's. Put me to Reggie's, you know what I mean? I'm no problem with that. I'll, I'll work both way through whatever. And that was the talk. And then I, then the the first training run was at um, Cars Park. And um, I said, frig it, I didn't, I didn't rock up. I went to um, I went to the Central Coast and kicked back for a couple of, a couple of days. <laughs> and um, they were ringing me. What's going on? I said, I'll be back when I'm back. You know, like, yeah. I was a bit pissed off, you know what I mean? Mm. So when we got back, we had that meeting up in. I went to the camp up in Orange, and they're talking about this alternating their numbers. I was like, "Listen, I don't, I don't got no problem. If you think he's better than me, that's no problem. Like play him six, you know what I mean? It's no problem. But don't put. I'm not playing. Put me to Reggie's, you know what I mean? But I ended up starting, and then rest is history. Yeah. So, 
then we're very different clubs at that stage yeah. too, mm. uh, Marin, because we'd gone through, you know, for blokes like me that had been at the Dragons um, for a long time, you know, a, a successful year for us at the Dragons was, you know, we hadn't won a grand final. We played in three grand finals and we generally played finals, um, but we didn't really have any rep players. Where yeah. the Steelers are a bit different, you know, a real successful season for them was how many blokes do we get in the rep teams? Because mm. they had these extremely talented players, didn't yeah. they? Oh, Mary yeah. and Timo and yeah. Baz and different players. But because obviously their, their league club probably didn't have much money and we weren't very wealthy at the time, you know, they probably um, didn't have uh, enough players across to be a consistent sort of finals team, you know. So it was a really different blend of what's a real good year look like, you know, for, for a bloke that had been at the Dragons for a fair period it was like finals grand finals for a Steelers bloke it was you know origin in Australia you know because mm. they'd always have more origin Australia players than us, but we generally finished in a far better spot Everything. at the end of the year you mm. know so it was real real different in the personalities like I said you got someone like uh, Chalk as opposed to a Sean Timmons then you got Corey Pearson who's was real city and a dress real like he dressed like he thought he was like dead set at Arthur Fonzarelli and then, and then you'd have Andrew, Andrew Hart who'd still he's still dressing like living on the farm you know yeah, so yeah. the personalities were so so different but it all ended up working out mm. quite well it just took a real while and you had the different coaches like David Waite and Andrew Farrell like Two, but both both very good coaches, but both so different in the way they go about their business. You know? yeah. So it took a real while to get the the blend and the balance right. But once we got it together, and obviously it worked pretty well. Well, it only took that year, and you were in the grand final the first year that the, that the side merged. So it's a it's a big time. The, the team's been like the NRL, the ARL, whatever it was, encouraging teams to merge. You guys come together and in the first year of the merge side, you're in the grand final. It's the first grand final at uh, ANZ Stadium, the Olympic Stadium, 1999. You guys are up 14-0 at halftime. So I'm just going to hand it over to you blokes. You come out in the second half, what happened? Oh, I was crazy, man. I mean, we was up fourteen nil. I thought because we always, we always, and you know them teams when you play somebody, you like you, you always got the wood on them. Mm. We it was like that. Was like that with Melbourne. We always sort of beat them. We always, always beat them in the final, in the semi final that the same year. We, we beat them down in Melbourne, what thirty eight to ten or something. I mean, so yeah. we always had the edge on them. But um, yeah, it was fourteen nil. Then I come out. I, I should have scored uh, a try. Yeah, I, I, I grabbed it for myself, picked it up. But I, I saw I've never put a ball. I hardly ever put the ball down two hands. If you see all my tries, I'm always one like flashy one hander fella. But I wanted to try to make sure. But I got hit on the head, and um, somehow knocked my arm, and you know I lost the ball. Yeah, and I was like, but we scored five minutes after that. But that's no excuse. But we scored five minutes after that. But I just felt, you know, for the last twenty minutes, we didn't we didn't have that urgency, didn't have that um. That want and that that want to win attitude, mm. you know what I mean? And they got away from it. Nath, oh, obviously, chocks brought up about the the drop ball. Obviously, had a fair influence on the game. But we didn't. They when they got momentum, we didn't have we didn't have anyone got sort of swung the momentum back, you know. Mm. So it's probably the bloke. Probably Nikiau too hard, and Nikiau swung the yeah. momentum for Melbourne. I thought that's mm. my feeling of the game was a bit of a. Blur and a bit lost them, but I think you know, Tyler and Nikki really swung the momentum, and 
none of us swung the mo none of us got the momentum back the dragon's way and if we if any one individual or any group of people could have found a way to get the momentum back we probably would have done enough to hang on but we didn't and i was um that that week the whole um grand final week i was in bed on a drip at the doctor's dr rafty's house i had um tonsillitis so i was really running at 60 percent 70 percent you know what I, mean? I wasn't i wasn't supposed to play but i played was there a lot of um i remember you weren't well, because I used to work at Win, and we uh, called the game. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go to the grand final lunch, yeah. uh, breakfast, and you know, I was. I was going. Nothing wrong with Marini. Just looking at a bit more <laughs> attention. No, yeah. I, was yeah. more I was going, mate. Yeah. I asked Doctor Raftery, mate. He, he was my witness. I had tonsillitis, like straight after the Cronulla game. A couple of games after that, and I was in bed for about three, four days, mm. and I was like, couldn't believe it. Like, what do you do? Yeah. It happens. Well, so so obviously, I want to ask you boys before we move on about that game which the the momentous thing the thing that about that game is the Melbourne Storm only two seasons in the NRL they're about to win a premiership so the bomb goes up and then we have uh, Ains Co and a bloke named Craig Smith um, on the ball who's going to get the ball next minute Ains Co hits uh, Craig Smith high yeah. you, what are your thoughts of I all? was there I was right there mm. Ains Co was on my side I think it was on the left side and um, yeah I've seen the ball go up I turn around I'm looking at Ainsy and looking at Smith coming in, and I thought, you know, it was sweet. And then I saw Ainsy, hit, like hit him, and I thought, oh, as soon as he hit him, I thought, this ain't good, this ain't good. This ain't no, that's what I thought too. As soon as I saw the this replay, this I thought, good. this is not going to be good. This ain't going to be good. And then, I, and I was thinking, no way, they can't give him a penalty try. Like, you know what I mean? And then it happened, and I was like, fuck. Then they, was that? This was um, they get two kicks, eh? No, what it was was like because. Because uh, he hadn't scored, yeah, yeah, he got the kick on, in front was rather up. than out wide. Yeah, and and, right. and, and Matty Guy won't mind me saying this: Matty hadn't been kicking real well neither, yeah. so he would have been wrapped. It went to the front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you think that? So then, the game was virtually over. Do you, do you think that's the worst? Is that the worst feeling in rugby league losing a grand final? Yeah, it has to be one of them, man. Like obviously, you get, you get emotional, you get teary. You know, you work your whole season. You know. For this moment, you know what I mean to 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 have this this success, and unfortunately, you know the, the way it ended, you know for me it, did, it wasn't supposed to end like that, but it mm. did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think Brownie that, and uh, I think with these merged sides, you know, like the St George Illawarra, West Tigers, when something's not going to plan. It always becomes an us them thing, you know, like the Steelers side, the Dragon side, or the Magpie side and the Tigers thing side. They're never going to be a perfect marriage, are they? Well, the thing is, is if you look at Brisbane Broncos at the moment, they're not going well. So people have got to come up with reasons why it's not going well. When you're a merged team, the easiest thing is to come up with the groups not gelling together, the boards are fighting because mm. are they possibilities? They are possibilities. You know, so whenever a team's not going well, there's always different stories that have said why they're not going well. Which ones are true, I suppose. I suppose only the playing group or the or the club themselves actually know. Mm. And then not long after that, we go into to the year 2000. And uh, as Chuck alluded to uh, uh, earlier in the podcast, there was that Melbourne game where you blokes got beat 70 to 10 or 70 to 20. 70, 71. 71 to 10. And then... 
we've got that magic moment where you pass the ball. Oh, into, what do you got to bring that up for, Maroon? <laughs> well, just so we can remember the great uh, Lance Thompson. Ah, uh, he's a good follower, yeah. wasn't he? Come on. Wasn't Actually, he a caught up with him in Newcastle mm. like not long before his death because he's got. Uh, two children that were living up there yeah. to his second relationship and he's uh, actually rang me up and so I hadn't spoken to him for a, a long, long time and he rang me up and said, oh, Brownie, I've got a son and a daughter that live in uh, Newcastle. Who should they play footy for? And I said, well, my young guy plays with South Newcastle, terrific club, South Newcastle. You know, there's Craig Smith, Danny Badiris, there's mm. heaps of NRL players that all get down there and coach and run drills and it's like going down and watching a professional team train. There's all these little yeah. drills going. Andrew Andrew Ryan's down there. His wife runs them, sort of helps run the club. And, yeah, so Lance got his son to, to join South Newcastle. So I actually caught up with him a couple of times at the footy and he seemed like, he seemed like life was good. Mm. Well, at that time in, in the Dragons' history, things weren't travelling along as well as they were in the first year of the merge. So then, Chuck, you announced that you're going to pull the pin and go to boxing, which – to be fair, you are an immediate success at boxing. What was going through your head when you said, I've had enough of this, I'm going to go boxing with and get the old man to train me, etc." I just felt <clears throat> at the time, like, first I want to say, Tomo, like, I was, I was shattered about Tomo's situation and what happened there. Mm. Um, I went to high school with Tomo. Yeah. Had a great bond with the brother. Um, so I just want to send love out to his family and, and friends. Um, yeah, well, the, the football... I knew I was I, I knew I was, I was the best of or one of the best um, five eights in the game um, at the time I was playing at my best and um, no, actually I knew I was the best <laughs> and um, I swear to God I knew I was the best and um, you know I used to, that's why I used to taunt these daily and fitless all the time I used to taunt them I used to taunt them and say you know basically let's go let's bring it on um, anyway uh, the early test. Anzac Test, um, 2000, because I, I didn't get picked in the 99 Australian tour. They don't, they don't take, you know, 20 players, they don't take 30 players. They take, they take like 42 players, like two teams. Mm. I didn't even get picked in that, you know what I mean? And what I'd done in the previous year, from I was pretty much since 96, and I still never got, got in. I was, I was shattered. But I was contemplating whether or not, not even to play the next year. That's how much it, it affected me. I was like... Man, you know, like, frig, frig this shit. I'm not doing it. Like, mm. Then, anyway, I come to my sense and I said, nah, don't, don't, don't let them beat you. Like, go out, go out fighting. So I said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to tear up. I'm going to tear it up again. I'm going to tear it up again. And then, obviously, the 2000 season started. The last three games of my career was, I think we played Newcastle in Newcastle, Canberra at um, SFS. And and the Roosters in down Wollongong, we we won all three games, mm. and and I carved pretty much every game. Then the Anzac Test was getting getting announced, and then um, Daly and Fitler were out for injury. They were when you picked, so everyone thought I was going to get my opportunity. You know what I mean? And so did I. And I was like, fuck, you know, this is my time. Like, I want to want to you know show what I can do. And then um. You know, they pick, you know, all due respects, like Matty, Matty Johns, he's, he's, a, he's a great brother, great friend of mine. But at the, at, to, to what I was doing and what I was playing at, the level I was playing at, he wasn't on my level, you know. And then when they done that, I was like, you know what? I don't need this shit. I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, That's when I, I went on a plane, caught a plane to America. Um, I played basketball there when I was 15. I toured the West Coast and I stayed in contact with a, a family, a uh, Filipino family that billeted me out 
um, in San Jose. So I went to see them and I went via Canada for some reason. I don't know. I think sh- maybe I think the, 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 the tickets were cheap or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I went via Canada because I've never been to Canada and yeah. I wanted to go there. I wanted yeah. to see Wis. I mean, mm. I wanted to go and see um, Vancouver. I stopped in Vancouver. So I said I'll stay there a couple of nights and I'll go down and see the San Jose, the family and that. Mm. So I went over there, you know, went to Canada, seen Canada, went down to San Jose, seen them. And while I was away, obviously there was, the media was, you know, saying, where's this bloke? You know what I mean? Trying to find me. They had me with photos with Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> um, photos, <laughs> photos, photos in Hawaii, in the beach where my mates were tra- training. Mm. But it wasn't like that. The crews just, call it walkabout, don't they, man? <laughs> <laughs> they, they walk, a lot of brothers go walkabout. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was just really trying to get my head together, you know, what I want to do. Can I, can I continue to take this injustice mm. on my career? You know what I mean? So... Contemplating all that, by the time I got back, I was like, "No, nah, fuck it, I'm." Oh, sorry, I was like, "Frigate," you know, I'm, 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 I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so I went. As soon as I got back, I went and met um, Brian Johnson, who was the CEO at the time, and uh, David Wake, the coach. Oh, actually, I met my dad first, and I told my dad, he "Goes what? You crazy, mate? You're making such such money. You, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're silly. Like to go to boxing." Mm. I said. He goes, boxing's dead. Boxing's dead in this country. I said, don't worry, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it. I'll give it. Ma- I'll, give, I'll give it mouth to mouth. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Great. <laughs> and then, um, so then I went and seen Dave Wait and uh, Jamal Johnson down at Kuji at, at Johnny's house. I just told him what I wanted to do. They were really supportive. Um, they were obviously disappointed, but supportive at the same time. Then I went and seen the board. And the board was um, supportive. As long as I didn't play for another team, they were happy. So I was like, yeah. Then obviously everyone thought I'd be back. Three world champions later, I'm still going. Mm. Hey, do you, are you, are you're not done with it though, are you, Chop? Nah, I'm, I'm about to shock the world again. I'm right. about to shock the world again. There's this young cat that's been talking a lot of smack. This is a Rafa, whatever his name is, in Melbourne. And I want to show to this cat... That it should be bait. I'm a different kettle of fish. Like, I'm a different beast. Mm. Like Bernard Hopkins started boxing when he was 24 years old, was champions when he was 49. I started when I was 25. I'm, I really feel maybe I'm not the, my peak physically as far as my youth and stuff, but my experience and, and, and seasoning, you can't buy that. You can't beat that. And mm. I'm going to prove that I'm, a, I'm still a bad boy. Mm. You know what I, mean? I should have played for the Bis- Pistons. I'm, so, I'm such a bad boy. <laughs> but, hey, hey Brownie, <laughs> j- just, <laughs> just to wrap it up. <laughs> How did it feel, though, Brownie, from a point of view of a player when he, co- when he comes back and goes and meets Jono in South Coogee and says, I want to pull the pin? How, how was that for you? Uh, we'd actually left a message on my mobile phone. I don't mm. know if he remembers that, letting me know that he wasn't going to play anymore. And um, Yeah, look, at you're disappointed because he's obviously such a good player, you know, and and I felt that, you know, that I wish Chock got picked at the higher level. And I, I feel the reason that he didn't get picked is because people saw him as someone that was brash that wasn't a team player. Mm. Whilst Chock was quite brash with his mouth and talked up a lot of stuff, he was actually always a great team person. Like, never drank alcohol, but if there was a team drink on, he'd drive his car behind the bus with Ghosh or whoever it was, and they'd yeah. all turn up for three or four hours mm. and play pool with everyone, and then he'd potter off and... He always um, 
treated the opposition with respect on the field. There's never any rubbish talk and after the game always shake hands and always did to his credit um, perform very well against the better teams and the better players in the bigger games and you know in 96 and 99 were probably real highlights of you know Chock's talent of how he sort of took I suppose sides of lesser talent and helped propel us into grand finals you know but um, I feel that probably because people didn't see him as a team person but if you took a little bit of chit chat away, which he loves because of his boxing <laughs> stuff more than anything, he's um he is he was actually a good teammate, and on the field he's he had the brilliant individual stuff, but he also had the ability to make other people look good, and that's mm. what a team player is to me. Someone that doesn't, someone that's not divisive amongst the group, and someone that helps the team achieve at a higher level, and people around you play better. And I always thought I was a better player when I played with Chalk <laughs> because. I always played with, you know, pretty much nearly everyone on the side I played with, the kid was a Kuri, you know, Mm. and they got wonderful reactionary skills. So you just knew if you picked up and moved and there Mm. was a space, you could throw the ball. And one of the Indigenous boys would just find the space. And Chock and Tinga and Jeff Hardy were like that at St George when I played with those guys, you know. So I think that sort of wrong perception of Chock of not being a good team person was what probably cost him playing at that that highest level. Um, Chock leaving the Dragons was a disaster at the time because – you know, he'd been such an outstanding player for us and, you know, the club had made the decision at, during 99 to let Craig Fitzgibbon go, so, which was obviously probably one of the biggest, would be one of the biggest regrets for the club in a long, long time. Mm. And then Chock decided to leave, so we'd probably lost two of the, you know, one of our best emerging players and Chock, who was obviously a very influential player and we'd obviously had some other dramas going on at the club at that stage and the year ended up being disastrous for us. All right. Just one more for you, Brownie, because I try and raise this when you're on Triple M and all these palookas we work with, they get around you, don't push him, don't pressure him, but look, there's all these jobs going in the NRL as head coach. Surely you want one of them. Oh, definitely. The, 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 there's some, some that come up that are, it's got to be a good opportunity. And sometimes you can't be so selective neither. Like obviously when I went to Newcastle, it was it's probably as bad a job as there's been going in the past 30 years in rugby league, but... I certainly felt it was right for me at the time. Um, uh, with jobs that come up now, obviously, as I keep saying, there's there's so many people that want to coach and you, you see the media put lists of names up and different people have different agendas. Obviously, they want different people to get jobs for different reasons, but you actually need the, you know, there's every club's got one or two key decision makers and you need one or two of those key decision makers to feel you're the right person mm. for the right club. And I certainly want to coach again, that's for sure, and I feel I can contribute again. But you know, it's all about coaching, about opportunity. All right, I love I'll t- you. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, they pick him up, any coach team picks him up, you want to um, hire me on the coaching staff, we're going to bring some <laughs> razzle-dazzle back <laughs> and we're going to show up who we are, you know yeah. what I mean? Would you like to do something like that? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. eventually, yeah, yeah. eventually we've got some time. Mm. But right now I'm still a bit busy right now, but... You He's know, got to I, shock the world, I, remember? I, I, He's I, about I, to shock the world. I can do one a week, one, one day a week at the moment, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. It'll be cool, and mm. I, I believe me, I'll make the hearts better. Because, I'll, 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 like I said, I'll give them that razzle-dazzle that, that they can't be taught mm. by, by the man. Yeah. God, it's good to catch up with you, Chuck. <laughs> uh, Brownie, I've been seeing a lot of you lately, mate, so no doubt we'll see you again, Triple M, on the weekend. Sadly, I'm on, mate.
Great to catch up with these two legends of the 90s through the St. George, St. George Illawarra Dragons era. Of course, Chock's gone up to be a first-class NRL coach and Chock speaks for himself, a champion boxer, champion rugby league player. We love you guys. Thanks for popping in for the Legends of League podcast. I've done a bit of modelling back in the day too. <laughs> and basketball. And basketball too, mm. yeah, basketball. It's all thanks to uh, our mates at Four Pines. We're at the Four Pines Brew Pub. See you next time on the Legends of League podcast. Peace, 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 peace. How good was that, eh? Nathan Brown and Anthony Mundine joining us on the Legends of League podcast. Uh, thanks to our brand partner, which is Four Pines Brewing Company. You can follow them on social media at Four Pines Beer or check out their website, four, that's the number four, fourpinesbeer.com.au. And make sure you support the podcast by hitting subscribe so you're first to know once a new episode has been released. And like I say, thank you for your support so far. See all the best bits and big announcements on our social media, the handle being at Legends of League AUS. Legends of League AUS. We'll see you next time. Legends of League.